This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. You can play daily fantasy basketball, and it's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all of the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Code THPN and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. A minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply and see DraftKings.com for details. All right, we're doing this. Oh, we're doing this? Why not? Am okay. I too loud? No, no. Okay. Mine's a little, this is a, not the standard microphone situation. You can uh, hold it like a screamo singer. Like No, that's not what it's meant for. No, don't <laughs> hold it like that. It's, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm doing the end episode. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode 62 of the House of Hockey podcast, where if you're watching on video, Breezy and I are channeling our spit and chiclets uh, friends and fellow hosts by holding our microphones because this isn't you where you're... Got, you got so loud. You're oh. like, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to put it down. You can hold it. You be cool and hold it. It's, it's cool. not meant to be held. Um you know what? I'm Things right, that right. aren't meant to be are meant to be. <laughs> okay. The philosopher Breezy. Um, that's Breezy, everybody, in case. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up this episode, we talk to Abby Labar. She is the ringside reporter and host for the Carolina Hurricanes on Bally Sports is it called Bally Sports now instead of Fox Sports? Bally. Yeah, I want to say it's Bally Sports. Yeah, you look so cool holding the microphone. I just look like I don't know what I'm doing because this is like not the microphone I'm used to. I'm used that was to like the first and only time someone has ever said I look cool. So thanks for that. <laughs> Breezy, you are cool. Who's oh, never, who doesn't think you're cool? Let me talk I to them. Know. They're fired. You're going to yell at them. 
Okay. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I'll yell at them. She's cool. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, man. You know who else is cool? Our guest, Abby Labar. She's awesome. She took time out in the middle of the season. She moved at the end of hockey season. <laughs> and she's gearing up for playoffs with the Canes. And she found time to talk to us about all the things. She's got some great stories of how an entire arena booed her. Um, what else, Breezy? I mean, she was full of a lot of them. I think the the cool thing about Abby was she was so open about her journey to getting to where she was um, because really she never really saw herself uh, getting into the hockey world um, from what I remember. Mm -hmm. We recorded her episode quite some time ago. Yes. But uh, yeah, so I think, you know, Abby brings kind of a lot to the table and shares a lot of her experience and how uh, she's still learning the sport, which we do talk about and how, you know, organizations that hire people that aren't necessarily familiar with the sport is kind of a good thing because it's showing that, you know, they're willing to teach others. And mm -hmm. as they're doing that, it's making their staff members more relatable. And, you know, it's okay that you don't know every little thing about the sport. Not everyone's going to make fun of you. You just got to get, you know, get to know those those cool people that are just going to uh kind of take your hand and and tell you i guess show you the ropes yes as my good friend tracy star would say stick with me kid i'll show you the ropes <laughs> she said that to me a few times shout out to mama <laughs> mama bear tracy we love her yeah big fan yeah. big big friend of the pod Yes, Abby has a lot to share about her journey and she's a North Carolina native. And so that definitely plays a lot into her um, knowledge and experience and connection with the fans. Yeah, and not only that, she did take time out of her time in between games yeah. where the Canes and the Preds played the night before and they're playing the night after and the Preds and the Canes will be playing each other in the first round. So of course we had to talk a little bit about it in a nice way. Cause that's how we do it. Oh yeah. And plus we don't yeah. want her to lose her job. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's that. Um, how do you think those two teams are going to do? They're playing each other in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, they're, yeah, it's going to be a great series. The Canes obviously are playing super well. They're, you know, going for the president's trophy. Uh, I don't know if they've gotten that because we're recording this episode uh, earlier, but in uh, the key or the Canes, why am I, what am I even saying? The Preds have been vibing in the, the wise words of uh, Ryan Johansson. Um, so they're doing really well too. I think it's going to be a pretty evenly matched series. There's a lot of uh, good players. As long as the, both teams stay really healthy, I think that it's going to be a, uh, it's going to go to game seven. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of game sevens in this first round because so many of these teams, they were like neck and neck getting their spots. You know, very few of the yeah. teams were so many points ahead of another that, you know, even the two, the two and three teams playing each other, I mean, those are going to be super competitive games. I really just don't think any of these series are going to be just, you know, sweeps. I, be, mm -hmm. I would be really shocked just with the way that the divisions have been restructured this, this season. I would be shocked to yeah. see a sweep in the first round. I agree. 
Yeah, I agree. 100%. Uh, playoff hockey is already underway, and that's exciting, along with the fact that there's still regular season games going on, which this might be a first, that the playoffs are happening simultaneously with a regular season because the North Division, um, with the way their schedule delays were, they have a few more regular season games to finish with the Canucks. Ha- yeah, Canucks having yeah. Uh, such a... Uh, COVID delay for so many weeks, there's games that need to be made up. And so that's happening. So the North Division round of the playoffs doesn't start until I believe May 19th. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's a first. Lots of hockey. And, yeah, lots of hockey. But also too, um, which we're going to get to this story in a second, but the Leafs and the Habs are playing each other for the first time ever since like 1974 or something like that in the playoffs whoa which is really don't quote me on the date i'm pretty sure i was just quickly trying to look for the date but i couldn't find it because i really wanted to talk about it but that's also really awesome yeah original six teams going going at it in the first round i mean obviously we've you're gonna pick the leafs to to beat the canadians right i mean that's who i think everybody's favoring yeah so i'm obviously pro Leafs in this I think the Leafs are playing really well but I do have to say Tyler Toffoli uh came out with a story which (gasps) I was briefly telling you about uh who Tyler Toffoli was my favorite king he now plays for uh the Canadians and it's really cool because I I think everyone should go and read Tyler's story because he talks about his time in LA and being like a D-list celebrity and all of this kind of thing and then he shows up to Vancouver and he's like automatically like an A-list celebrity because in vancouver the canucks are everything and then he ends up going to montreal which you know big shoes to fill there's a lot of history that's there they're hungry for the cup and he's hungry for the cup and he tells his story of like i won the cup already and like i want it again and now he's playing you know with a team that he feels like he is just really uh linking up with and it's really cool and it makes you kind of want to cheat. I don't want to say cheer for the Habs, but it makes you think more of like the players on each team. And like to hear, you know, that come from Tyler, it's like, wow, like I'm behind Tyler as a player, but I got to go with the, with the Leafs, obviously. But yeah. it's really cool. I think you should uh, definitely read the story. It's a quick read. I think it's just, uh, it's really Play- awesome. Players Tribune, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I will check it out. I, I like hearing stories. I love hearing the players get to share their experience and their own words in, in stories like that. To, yeah. And th- this is what it's all about, is showing the player off the ice as well, which is what builds it's a bug flying around my head, or <laughs> maybe it's a ghost, who knows. But uh, that's what it's all about, is is getting a connection to the players, which makes you even more involved in the team and and wanting to see them win or or go far in the playoffs but yeah exactly just a bummer that uh my two uh my one team and my guy is uh playing each other in the first round so uh i no comment there that's what Um, happens when you have that many teams to cheer for (laughs) breezy you know what it just means that i have better odds You do have better odds. I have no odds in this in this playoff. I know. Are uh, you gonna so. pick a team to follow, or are you just kind of just no cheering for uh, the best team to win it all? I just want some good hockey. I want good yeah. playoff hockey. I 
what it's less stressful and there's gonna be a lot of games though but it's like how are you gonna choose which games you're gonna watch like is there a series that you are like dying to see obviously you want to watch your boy uh barzal but right is there a certain series you're super excited for I'm very excited to watch the Capitals and Bruins series. Oh, that one's going to be crazy. Because Taylor Hall has finally found his rhythm and his home with the Bruins. He is on fire. He is like electric. And they it's given that team a boost. And I think it makes Boston a real threat for the playoffs that they weren't before they got Taylor Hall in, in yeah. just what I've seen in the, the games that Taylor Hall's been playing with the Bruins since he got traded there. And then the Capitals, I think I, I think I said it last week that they've got that special camaraderie as a team mm-hmm. and TJ Oshie got hurt the other game. So hopefully he's healthy, you know, Ovechkin, you want to see healthy on the ice. Plus that series, you've got um, Chara playing against yeah. his old team in the playoff series. So like, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I am also really excited to watch the Minnesota wild series because I think they're a big underdog and they've been an underdog all season and they have a really solid team. Now, will they get past the first round? Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe they come out of nowhere and are super successful. But either way, I think they're a team to really keep an eye on. So I'm excited to see how they do in a pressure situation like a playoff uh, round. I actually am also excited for the Battle of Florida. Oh, yeah, that's right. Battle of Florida. That's going to be crazy because both teams are so good and the Lightning are going to get back uh, Kucherov and Stammer. So uh, it's going to be pretty wild. It's going to be hard, man. I I don't know how I'm going to have enough time to watch. I don't. How am I going to have enough time to work? I have hockey to watch. Exactly. That's what everybody's (laughs) thinking right now. I forgot about the Battle of Florida. It's kind of a shame that it's going this way, that the two Florida teams are having to play each other in this, you know, in the first round and or would even if they weren't playing each other in the first round and they ended up playing each other in the second round. I think those two teams are so talented and were up at the top for, you know, fighting for the number one spot. It was only a recently that the Canes took the number one in that division. So yeah. I, I think that's going to be a good series, but it's going to be a heartbreaker for whichever team gets knocked out. Oh, and New York firing the head coach too. the Rangers. Just they're a hot mess express right now. Yeah, you got that. And then you got towards leaving the, uh, the Blue Jackets. Let me just put it out there right now. Dear Stan Bowman, <laughs> I think you should hire Tortorella to replace Colleton and Colleton's contract early. He doesn't know what to do. Bring in Tortorella and make Ray Ray the hockey lady the happiest lady on the planet because I love him. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny though if the Rangers hired him and oh. Panarin it goes back? <laughs> you know that's actually not a bad idea. Also, would do really well is uh, he would do good in L.A. <gasps> yeah, he could take on the Kings. You think the Kings? 
Are you are you saying Anaheim? No, I mean I think the Kings. It's interesting to see, or it's going to be interesting to see where he lands up. Uh, I don't know if Panarin's going to be too happy if he comes uh, to New York. Uh, but again, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I just hope but, that Torts lands somewhere. I hope that this isn't yeah. the end of that kind. I of think he will. Coaching. I think he definitely okay. will. Yeah, I will. Yeah, oh, but another news live, too. I live for his press conferences. Yes. And speaking of New York, yeah. Buffalo Sabres, Jack Eichel is coming out with, with some heavy words to the press. Uh, Sabres organization's not happy with it. Sam Reinhart just, well, as of today, when we're recording this, just unfollowed the Sabres and took it off of his Instagram bio that he isn't really playing for the Sabres anymore. So uh, what's interesting is Columbus... <laughs> Columbus Instagram and the Kings. Official. Yeah, Instagram official. Columbus and the Kings are like supposedly rumored to be a, a hot spot for Eichel to land up. So, but is that really a good move for Eichel? I mean, anything I is a good anything move. Is, for- <laughs> I think anything is a good move for Eichel, but is it good for the teams that are going to acquire him? Because right. Buffalo is going to want a, a high dollar amount for him. Uh, Eichel's injury prone. He's kind of got an attitude. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is it is it Buffalo or is it Eichel? I mean, you got to ask that question too. I, I think we'll see when he lands somewhere else. And I think that's the same argument with Taylor Hall. You know, it was yeah. Taylor Hall having a bad year or was it Buffalo? I think we can just say it was Buffalo based on his performance in the but last. But it's funny like, though because. Weeks. He did well in Edmonton when he was in Edmonton when he got drafted there. He didn't do very hot when he was with the um, the Yotes. Well, the Yotes either, but before the Yotes, he was in New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey. Right. So he was okay, slumped in uh, in Edmonton, went to New Jersey, didn't really do hot there, didn't really do. I think he had like one or two good games in in Arizona, and then he comes to Boston. So it's like. Mm, Maybe he's just the kind of player that needs to be surrounded with maybe just like, I don't even know. I mean, how, I mean, Boston's a good like hockey town, right? Maybe he just needs more of like that momentum. Maybe he need to get some swagger back. I hate saying that word, but maybe that's what he needed. Yeah. Let's see if he can hold on to that momentum through the playoffs. And if not, then you'll, you know, you'll know that he's just hot and cold and that's just the kind of player he is. Yeah. Uh, well, we needed to talk about your Blackhawks. You had some crazy stuff and L Canada. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do, I'll do L Canada after the weird Blackhawks news, so we can end on a positive. <laughs> so yeah, we, we might need to censor a lot of this Blackhawk news. <laughs> I won't share the the gory details, but it just came out yesterday. I'm sorry, it came out Wednesday, May twelfth, that an unnamed Chicago Blackhawks player from the 2010 championship team is accusing a former Blackhawks, a now former Blackhawks coach of sexual assault. So the unidentified former Chicago Blackhawks player is suing the NHL franchise. So they're suing the Blackhawks, alleging that he and another teammate were sexually assaulted by 
an assistant coach before the team's 2010 Stanley Cup victory. The lawsuit identified coach Brad Aldrich, who was a video coach for the Blackhawks at the time and is now no longer with the organization. Uh, A lot of inappropriate things happened and the coach basically tried to blackmail the player saying that like if he didn't engage in certain activities that you know he would ruin his career and um perfect timing for Ringo to make that sound I know (laughs) (laughs) and this is just crazy I mean that's nuts I this day like an age to have and we're seeing this in professional organizations of this is happening to hockey players like in the NHL and and we're just hearing about it 11 years later that was 11 yeah. years ago and i mean i know i i just i feel for this player and it you know sexual assault and and abuse like this in power happens to men and women and is not just a thing that women deal with uh, clearly this is something that happens in the in power no matter what and you don't like to see it i'm glad the coach that video coach is no longer part of the organization that says to me that something was brought to the attention of the blackhawks and they decided to get rid of that person ASAP and you know I applaud them for doing that uh glad the player is suing I understand why he doesn't want to be named I wouldn't either because that's just you know how do you have a life after that and especially in this league with the uh, just the team mentality and oh I can't even imagine I just can't imagine I mean, the way I look at it, it's like, why would someone come up with a story like this mm-hmm. uh, for fun? I mean, there are some shady people out there. Don't get me wrong. Like, people make up stories all the time. But, like, something like this, it's like, well, why would someone make that up? Like, you know? No, you don't. And I yeah. felt like I had to address that as a Blackhawks fan and not not say anything just because it was negative news. And just um we got to talk about it all let's just make a hard left turn and talk about something positive very quickly and then we're going to get into abby's interview l canada if you if you just said what are you talking about that's the fashion magazine l e l l e there's a canadian version and on the cover of the june 2021 issue Bridget Laquette, Sarah Nurse, and Hannah Button, female professional hockey players for the PWHPA on the Secret Dream Gap Tour are the cover models. And it is big. This is big. This is big for women's hockey. This is really, really big. I know it's in Canada where hockey is big, but like that means that's even bigger. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. They, um, they're on the cover and thank goodness they didn't put them like naked or in some sort of like vulgar place. Like they are fully clothed and look awesome and like badass. Like I want to be them. Like they look like 
cool, you know? They look like you, Breezy. Oh, thanks. Me and my microphone. <laughs> and I just think I feel this... more engaged, actually, holding. I'm not going to oh, lie. Good. I feel like I'm more, like, in. I, I feel like I, I can totally hear you clearer and crisper. Oh, good. Good. Perfect. So, I yeah. tend to I tend to mumble, so that's good. Anyway. No, not that you mumble. It's just like it. <laughs> I always have to turn you up a little bit in post. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. It's just good closer to, to your mouth. Anyway, yeah. this is very exciting for women's hockey, which you know I'm an advocate for. And so to see this is the chicken and the egg argument, and we've got them front and center to a whole new audience and, and women talking about the sport yes the article i believe is going to be a lot about um the inequality in the sport which is fine bring attention to it but also just seeing women's faces is going to help like the next generation of of female hockey players even the current leagues just getting this kind of main like mainframe that's not the right word publicity like mainstream mainstream publicity is huge this is huge for it yeah that's like, crazy that's great we need it's them on the today show with hoda like you know this is the kind of not necessarily talking about the inequality i want to see them just talking about being fucking badass hockey players and like how exciting their games are and talking about their tour because the Canadian portion of the secret dream gap tour, which if you're like, what did you just say? That's just the PWHPA's like tour that's sponsored. Um, they're in Canada. They're going to be in Calgary doing a series of games um, the second half of May. So if you're in Canada and you're can get to Calgary or you're in Calgary, go if they let you in, either way, put on Sportsnet and watch the women <laughs> play because it's important and it's just as exciting and they're so talented. So, yeah. Okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm done pestering you about pestering you all about going and watching women's hockey, but it's no, no pestering at all. I mean, it's a good thing to, to talk about. And not a lot of people are talking about it. And if they're going to hear from here, that's awesome. Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network, and the network is home to many other incredible podcasts, including this one. Hello, my name is Richard Blosser, host of the Grit and Barrett podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, covering the Hershey Bears, the 11-time Calder Cup champions of the American Hockey League, and the 2018 Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Each Tuesday, I recap Bears games, give you Bears news, notes, and nuggets, and all of the hockey news that matters to me, whether it's the American Hockey League, the NHL, or banter about hockey jerseys. This hack brings you high energy. They score! Connor McMichael has ended the game! Unfiltered. Look, Kirko's really going to have to work hard to bring back the fan base from this pandemic because you can't just rely on vaccinations. You have a fan base that is old, stubborn, and very reluctant to change. Not to mention you got to work on bringing back families and then whatever fan base you can try and get back from other parts of the state. You just can't rely on people coming out from 81 and 78. You got to work on a fan base that's very, very hesitant to change and at times unfocused. Look, 
Ovechkin is basically the guy who comes into the bar, kicks open the door, and says, Who ordered a white Russian, huh? Well, we all know Sidney Crosby is the guy who enters in from the side door, red carpet, VIP, Armani suits, and alligator shoes. That's just the type of guys they are. So join me every Tuesday here on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Grit and Barrett Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1. That's Grit, G-R-I-T, and B-E-A-R, it, P1, on Twitter. Available wherever you get all your podcasts. Part of the Hockey Podcast Network. This week, we are welcoming to the house Carolina Hurricanes ringside reporter on Valley Sports South Southeast, Abby Labar. Abby is the pregame and postgame show host on Hurricanes Live when Abby is not covering hockey. She's a football sideline reporter for the ACC prior to these gigs. She was an in-arena host for the Hurricanes, and you can hear all about her journey into the NHL along with a few other stellar stories right now. I am a Preds fan, and so last no! night, I, yeah, so I turned the game on last night, and I was watching it, and I was like, that name sounds really, familiar. I was like, oh, I'm talking to her tomorrow, not a big deal. Yes, yes, <laughs> oh my god, no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, I'm excited for it, I think it'll be good, these two teams have yeah. never faced each other in the playoffs, um, and there's like kind of a lot, I don't know if there's a lot, but there's a good chunk of Predators fans, like in North Carolina, like kind of like just before like when the canes were pretty bad like everyone was like okay what team do i want to cheer for because like the canes aren't good so like it was either the closest options were like washington and then like nashville nobody ever really went maybe tampa we've got some tampa fans but um yeah so it'll be fun (laughs) it's gonna be really fun (laughs) what are the fans like then like describe canes fans since we're talking about them and the team and the history yeah i mean they are like God, it's so funny. Like I, so I didn't follow hockey to be honest, like before I got this job and a lot of people like in the area know that. And so I, it's, I was talking about this the other day. Like I came in right at the time that the ownership change happened a few years ago. And then like, since then it's just gone up. And so I've been like lucky to get all of the positive, you know, the, the, the winning and the Eastern conference final and the playoff runs. And then like before that, like it was just quiet for like 10 years. And so like, I'm super passionate about this team having only been like ingrained into the Carolina hurricanes for just three years. And I like, look at all these fans that are like, Oh, I was here when the team was in Greensboro and like moved here from Hartford and they are like so passionate. I'm like, I, I can't even understand like the feeling or even try to empathize with you. Like the feeling that you have right now, the patience, the fact that you actually waited and didn't run away to like another team, like a lot of people probably did. Um, they're, they're super dedicated. I mean, it's like, it's funny. Like you go, I always like think about new, the new England area and like all of the sports that they have up there. And like everyone, they're so used to winning all the time. I'm like, what is it like to be in a place where like you win all the time? Like what is the expectation level? And like, what is the better situation to be in? Like in a new England where you always, always win. And then when you lose, like, it's almost like worse because you lost and you're not used to losing or in an area like the Canes in Raleigh where you lost and lost and lost so much. And then all of a sudden you start winning. Like what is the better like situation to be a part of? Um, well, and the fans out there are just like, 
obsessed with the Canes. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, the pressure, I mean, as a Blackhawks fan and Breezy also yeah. a Kings fan, um, she's got oh. five, 500 teams. So Perfect. we'll get, we'll tell you about that later. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, the pressure when you've won is higher because, yeah. but like in the Canes fan situation, like, now it's just it's just pure excitement it and is. it's not as much like there you're used to the letdown maybe yeah. that's not the right word but like yeah. you're used to it so winning is even sweeter but like when oh, you come 100%. from a town like the kings or you know chicago it's like then yeah. it's like well we have to win we won it last year what do you mean we can't win again? You know, what do you mean we didn't make it past the second round of the playoffs? Like what, you know, and, and then the fans get like all heated, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I mean, the fans here are like crazy. Like it's just, I mean, another level because they were so passionate during those years, even when they were losing. And so like now take like a group of like, just like, hockey fans. And, and the thing too, is like, it's the only professional team in Raleigh. You have Charlotte, which is three hours down the road and you have like the Panthers and the Hornets. And so the people that were born and raised in the Raleigh area, like that is their, like, they feel a sense of ownership to the team, right? Because like, that's their team. And so they were so passionate and so fired up for this team. And they would come to all the games, even during the tough years, like take that and times it by like a hundred, because that's how they are now. And they have like, we have tailgates, which I don't think any other hockey teams like tailgate the way that we do in Raleigh. And it is like, you, you have the, it's literally exactly what you would imagine. Like you get on Twitter and you see the videos of like the pig being like Hamil Hamilton, the pig being pulled around and like people shotgunning beers. Like that is exactly what it looks like when you walk in the parking lot. Like, there's smoke coming from grills. Like it is, it's insane. It's so fun. That's awesome. That's my kind of place. Yeah. <laughs> we do it right down there. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it, right? We had the Florida Caniac on a few episodes ago. Oh, I guess. Did you really? He's great. Yeah. He yeah. is awesome. So he was like, yeah, the tailgates are probably the best part. And oh, yeah. It's rowdy. And yeah. And they're the cakes, obviously. They're out there like, and it's the same for football games around here. It's like, as soon as the gates open, they are in the parking lot. So like the game could be at 7 PM. And if they open the gates at like one o'clock or before that, like they're out there. Um, it's, and so then, yeah. So then imagine that once they're actually in the arena, right? Like everyone's all boozed up all day. It's so it's, that's why the atmosphere is so crazy, like inside the arena, because everyone's just like wild and out for, for Kane's games. But yeah, the Florida Kane actually came, um, he came to, I think, two games like a couple weeks ago. And yeah. so I always like interact with him on Twitter. And it was so great to actually like meet him in person. And uh, I love the like designs that he does. But he gave me some stickers. I got to put them on my laptop. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. yeah he's, awesome. he's he's super dedicated for sure oh, to, yeah. to the Canes. Tell us how you got into this position then, since you were saying how you didn't really, um, you know, follow the Canes or anything like that. Was it more like uh, luck? story happenstance or just like hard work and you found it and you took an opportunity and were like I love this I mean I know you cover yeah. football too but um yeah. so sorry I'm like so dehydrated these days it's all good <laughs> it's I casual to drink water because I'm like running around like a crazy person um yeah so in college I went to NC State and like the triangle area is like tobacco road so it's like all college sports it's like football basketball UNC Duke like the heart of ACC 
and uh, the heart of the ACC down here. And so when I was at NC State, I was spending a lot of my time and energy and my internships and opportunities focusing on like football, baseball, basketball um, at NC State and at UNC and Duke. And so I had been in Raleigh, like the Canes were here, but I didn't like, because it was before that time where they started to get good. Like I never had friends that were like, let's go to a Canes game. And it, it just wasn't really anything that, it, and I had never like followed or really covered hockey. And so I never was like gonna go out of my way to go and go to the games. And we went, I mean, we went to a couple. It's not like we didn't go to any. Um, and they were fun, but I just, I was so honed in on college sports that I didn't even really think like, oh, I could kind of start my career in hockey or I could explore hockey. I just thought because I didn't know it or because I didn't follow it, I wouldn't be good at it. And so once I graduated, like my resume was uh, pretty much all that it was from a, from a college sports standpoint. Um, and so I kind of focused, I actually focused on baseball because I had done some stuff with minor league baseball teams in the summers. And so that's kind of the route that I went. Cause I was like, okay, my professional experience has been with baseball teams. And I had had the in-game hosting experience with some of those baseball teams. So as I was kind of like exploring, like, what should I do? I was trying to get out of North Carolina. I'm like, get me out of North Carolina. I was born and raised here, like spent college here. I was like feeling myself. I'm like, I got all this internship experience. Like I'm going to Boston. I'm going to Dallas. I'm going to a big sports market, like hire me. And so um, I was applying to like all those, you know, big cities, a bunch of different jobs. And you know, I had some interviews and I had some auditions here and there and, you know, either they didn't work out or it was like, you know, I'd be working somewhere else that wasn't like, it. it I was like, I just don't, like, I, I wanted, I wanted something specific and I was honestly being probably a little too picky for like just graduating in this industry. So maybe like four or five months um, after I graduated, I still wasn't finding anything. And uh, some of my connections from NC State um, asked me to come back and work for 24 seven sports, which is a recruiting site in Raleigh. And so they were like, it's part-time, but like, if you can move back to Raleigh, that'd be great. And so that's kind of what kept me, I, I say move back. I was home in Charlotte for like four months. That's what kept me in North Carolina. Like right after graduation is this, this job. And so I remember, um, going up and auditioning for the Boston Celtics for their in-game host job. And one of the guys that I was partnered with, cause they were partnering guys and girls, um, one of the guys I was partnered with, he was the Indian host for the San Jose Sharks. And so we kind of started talking about hockey a little bit. And I'm like, well, like I'm familiar with the team. I've, I've done one or two stories on them just briefly working at the news station I worked at. Like I've never really thought about like looking at some of the jobs they have um, posted. And uh, I didn't know anybody, like Raleigh's small. So like, I pretty much knew everybody that was trying to do what I wanted to do, or that was like above me, that like was in the positions that I wanted. Like I knew all the women in the sports industry and I didn't know any women working for the Kings. So I just kind of like put it to the side. So like we leave Boston, didn't get that job, but we, me and John stayed in touch. And like, I kid you not, two weeks later, he calls me and he's like, hey, like, the, speaking of the hurricanes, like, did you ever look at jobs with them? And I was like, no, he was like, they literally have an in-game hosting job available. So I was like, oh, okay. Right in my backyard. So I just like went out on a whim, applied for it, auditioned, didn't know anybody with the canes, even though I had been in this like area. So it wasn't like network. It wasn't really networking. I think they knew who I was and they knew I had like the Raleigh connections and I was in the community and I was an NC state grad. So like that 
probably definitely helped. Um, but yeah, went through the audition, got the job and they had only had the job posting up for like 10 days, if that. So I don't think I would have ever realized it unless I hadn't met the, the sharks guy. Um, and then like, he reminded me of it. So that's how I ended up working for the Canes. And then I told them in my audition, they were like, how much do you know about hockey? I'm like, I'm like, okay, I could either like totally BS myself right now or like <laughs> it's going to bite me in the butt if I'm not honest with them. I'm like, well, you know, I know I'm familiar with the team. I know you guys got a new owner, um, but I can't even tell you what a power play is. <laughs> like they were like, oh, they were like, okay. But they were like, thank you for your honesty. I was like, look, I'm willing to learn, you know, if, if this is a great opportunity, whatever. And they saw that potential in me. And as soon as I, you know, started working for them, doing the in-game hosting stuff i was just i was constantly learning like teaching myself asking questions reading books watching film and yeah like here we are i ended up I moving it. up in the organization and yeah now we're now we're fully into hockey so <laughs> awesome i think it's cool that like teams do stuff like that though where and i think it's good for teams like the canes or even like the panthers who may not have like a big fan base yeah. if they're bringing on people that may not know a lot about it but you're almost like an example, like, well, this person didn't know a lot about it, but we can teach you. So why don't you come to the game and then, I mean, just grow the fan base from there. A hundred percent. And that's exactly how it's funny. You brought that up because uh, my analyst trip Tracy actually said that on the broadcast the other day about the education of Canes fans. Like this is a, this is a market that like, you know, fans have kind of gone and come back and let, and, and so yeah, we're all learning together. And so it, it has kind of, for me, it has been really cool to have come in right when the ownership change happened and to kind of be a part of this growth pro process of like me growing with the organization and with the fans too. Like that's absolutely a great point. Um, and so, yeah, it, it has, it's, you know, it's fun to interact with people on Twitter. A lot of people, like I'm not shy to to say like, that's, you know, that's my background and that's my story. And like, I am still learning every day. And I tell people that all the time. And, and so it's cool to kind of be vulnerable with the fans and, and have them understand that because at the end of the day in this industry, like if you're, if you're not resonating with your audience or with the fans, like it, you're not gonna, people aren't gonna enjoy watching you. Like there's a level of, and, and I, you know, I always talk about social media, like I like to keep my Twitter very professional, but when you hop over to Instagram, I like to keep it more personal because I don't want people to just think I'm like this robot, like reporter. It's all about, you know, building relationships with the people that you're, you know, communicating with, uh, whether it's, you know, through TV or, or on a jumbotron, whatever, you're still communicating with those people and they want to feel a part of the organization. Um, as well. And so that's, you know, you're kind of that, that media. So yeah, it's been a really, really awesome experience. I like, everyone's like, what's the five-year plan, right? Like five years ago, this was never in the five-year plan, but here we are. <laughs> and it's like the best thing, you know, that's happened. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's been cool. Yeah. What would you say is something that maybe people don't know about your job broadcasting or reporting or like, you know, something interesting about your job that you get to do or it could just be like, what's the food like in the press room? I mean, like it can be anything. You know, we've talked to a handful of, of team specific reporters and in-game hosts. So I think we've got a pretty like good overall sense and the audience does too of like what your yeah. job entails but like what's something we don't know 
So the one thing I'll go with, like, what's the biggest challenge that I have right now and like have constantly been trying to work on. So it's, it's like the most, it's the smallest thing, but it's something that like it, and it goes back to why I say like being an in-game host is so valuable because, or doing anything live is valuable because you have an earpiece and you have a producer talking to you. And then the producer is kind of talking you through the show while you're trying to think about the show. And so that in itself is like, its own skill set. And so the one thing that I have still, that I still struggle with and I'm still learning is bumping to commercial break. And it sounds like the, like the most minor thing ever, but the hardest, one of the biggest challenges with this job is listening to, you have a, so I'll, I'll lay it out for you. So you're doing the show for the most part, the producer is talking to you, but he doesn't always, he doesn't like to talk when you're talking. Like, it's kind of like, producer want producer talent 101 oftentimes there are scenarios where like i'm talking or i'm going through my thought and he'll jump in and say something as like an emergency but for the most part as soon as i give it to my analyst and my analyst starts talking that's when the producer is in my ear saying okay next up is this or remember this now the one time that he's talking to me while i'm talking is when i'm tossing the commercial so we get done with our like like um show and then he gives me like a, either an eight second or a 12 second count. So he is counting down in my ear, 12, 11, 10. And I'm trying to follow that count while also telling what's coming up next. So I'm while he's counting in my ear, I'm saying, on the other side, Rod Brindamore talks about how the hurricanes eight, are ready seven, for this. Yes, six, and you five. have to time it perfectly. Like it, you have to, as soon as it hits two, as soon as he gets to three, two, you're out. It can't be on the three though. And it can't be on the one, like it's gotta be right on the two. And it's little things like that, that are just constantly like you're trying to work on. And, and like, that's such a minor thing, but it's a challenge. And so, you know, I don't know if there's any like young reporters out there, like that are watching this or listening, like practice those things, like take those little things and practice them, like have somebody count down to you, like while you're sitting there reciting something or talking about something, because I got a lot of really valuable experience as an in-game host, having the producer in my ear doing the arena show. And so then when I switched over to the broadcast, it was, you know, it was the same thing. It's, it's, that's probably like the, what, like the thing that people don't realize, like, they're like, oh, do you memorize your script? Do you, you know, how do you do, it's all about like, how do you, uh, how do you share your script or how do you navigate the show? And it's like those behind the scenes, little things that like you don't hear about are like sometimes the hardest. So that's a challenge. Um, we don't have press box food this year because COVID. So we actually, actually, I haven't even been up to the press box this year. So they have us on the concourse. Um, and so like the booth is up where the press box is, but like me and my analysts don't have to go up there for anything. So they try to keep everybody like, as separate as possible um so we have a stage manager and her name is jess and we she's like our stage mom and she literally shows up with like coolers bags like she has tissues chapstick i'm like oh jess like my uh you know my pants are a little tight she's like oh let me sew you up and like literally like exactly what you would think a stage mom is this woman is and so we've been fully packed with like snacks and like different things to eat throughout the shows this year, but it's, it's mainly like little like snacks and like uncrustables and like 
veggie straws are like our thing and yeah it's fun but that's fun i'm obsessed that little, like... with veggie straws i'm sorry yeah. and so is my dog like oh, we eat God. them he hears that bag and he has to have veggie straws are the best and you can only get them at walmart and um sam's club where i live they don't sell yeah. them anywhere else and it's just horrible when i run out sorry they... breezy you go Oh, no, gonna, veggie yeah. straws are our new like super they were a superstition thing after the last two games oh. they weren't working but like for a, probably a month and a half every time i would open a bag of veggie straws like and eat them we would score and so like i was on twitter like veggie straws activated and everyone's like get this one veggie straws so like those were like a bit we go through spurts like the first part of the season it was uncrustables now it's veggie straws i went through like an almond kick where i was eating different flavors of almonds and it's, it's we funny. have a good time Sorry, Breezy, what were you saying? Uh, I was like, what's that drink that comes in the pouch? But then I remembered Capri Suns. I think oh. we need to go to Capri Suns next. But like she totally would like show up with Capri Suns. She comes with these little like V8 <laughs> drinks. She's like, you want a little V8? And they're like everything. I'm like, where do you, where do you think of these things? Like, where do you get these? <laughs> uh, so we're fully uh, oh. hydrated and uh, fully fueled for our shows. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, I know you're not traveling with the team this season for obvious reasons, but when you do travel with the team, is there a favorite city you like to go to or favorite restaurant or anything that maybe a traveling fan would want to put on like their bucket list? So I still have not, not traveled. So like I'll okay. go back. Yeah. So when I was the in-game host, I just did home games. And so this year was has been my first year like promoted to the like TV host and reporter. And so it's funny though, because like we'll be on the show and like we have this segment where we bring in our, uh, like our Trip Tracy, um, our booth analyst, and then like it'll be me, my analyst, and then Trip. And they always like have these like inside jokes and like bring up like when, we're, when it's an away game, like they'll bring up, oh yeah, like that Nashville hot chicken or whatever. And I'm sitting there like, uh, I can't relate whatsoever to you guys. Like they have all these fun little like road stories and, like road experiences and I'm like I can tell you all about the PNC arena barbecue but I can't tell you about anything else so I wish you know you just I've, need to like counter everything they say about that yes. other city with the better yes. version in North in Carolina Rome, yeah be yeah. like oh yeah you think that sandwich is good in yeah. in Chicago well we have you ever been to Bob's Deli like yeah, exactly exactly so so yeah so I I know I feel like I'm like the sheltered like the sheltered child of their broadcast because I'm like the only one that doesn't know what's going on my um no you just got to own your brand like you yeah. are like Raleigh pure, like, like actual pure North Carolina like haven't gone yeah. Just um, add an I, accent to like a little twang and like, I don't know exactly. where, I don't know. What do people in Raleigh like? Do, I, I don't know anything well, about Raleigh, so I don't know. How accents. Like, I don't know. The town I grew up in, everyone had really thick Southern accents, mm. which is like three and a half hours from, it's near Charlotte. Um, but I haven't, like, I haven't really noticed anybody from Raleigh. There's a, there's definitely your chunk of Raleigh people that are like, like suburban Raleigh that are like super like, you can tell Southern, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, I, you get that crowd for sure at, at PNC Arena. So that's where the, that's why you have the tailgates the way that you do, because it's like, it's country. It's like, yeah, North Carolina, North Carolina people, that's for sure. But my analyst is Canadian and our director is Canadian too. And so like, we have all sorts of like group messages with our TV, like broadcast team or whatever. And so I was at a restaurant the other day and they had poutine. 
And I was like, I texted um, like my analyst and my director. I was like, guys, I sent them a picture of the menu. I was like, do I try the poutine? They were like, no, absolutely not. Like you can only try it when we take you to Canada. I'm like, okay, deal. <laughs> so that's on the list. That's a good one. That's a good, yeah. yeah. That's a, definitely a good meal to uh, to add to the list. Do you maybe not in Canada? Do you have a city you want to visit the most? Okay, good question. Um, trying to think of where I haven't been because I love Boston, um, love LA, Anaheim, love everything out in California. Um, I am not a huge New York person to be honest, but I also haven't really done a good like I went to New York and I did like the tourist New York like mm. Times Square Broadway and it was fun but it was like everything smells really bad <laughs> like, yeah that's know. yeah that's not the I not... also went in the summer oh, and so no. yeah we went and it, so we did do a Yankees game so it was fun because like I, I got to like experience it all but like I experienced like Bronx Brooklyn like Manhattan yeah like all the like tourist sweaty smelly parts <laughs> Well, yeah, because like the trash is on the sidewalk and it's like hot as balls there and it just the smell. Yeah. And it's just like, I would say Dallas is definitely a place that I haven't been that I want to go that I think would be fun. Um, I've been to Nashville, but I haven't tried the hot chicken. I was only in Nashville for like 24 hours. So Nashville Mm. could be fun. I just hear that their whole like experience is cool because Bridgestone is literally right on Broadway um and so like just the whole like and that's because that's the thing about pnc arena like yeah we can have the tailgates which are great because we have all this space but it's kind of like away from everything um so any sort of arena that's kind of just like in like has stuff built around it i think would be really cool to to see and experience because um i can imagine that there's some pretty good fans there well, Breezy yeah. can can take you to Nashville and and okay. show you all the places to go. She's <laughs> like her favorite. Is that your favorite city, Breezy? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, she yeah. was born in the wrong place, Abby. I tell her all the time. She like <laughs> makes barbecue. <Yeah>. She's super <laughs> talented and like she loves country music and she loves the Preds. And I'm like, girl, you gotta get out of LA. Like that's yeah. not the place for you. Yeah, but it's funny though because Carolina barbecue is my favorite, but I've never had like real Carolina barbecue. Really? But like. Like Carolina barbecue sauce, like the golden sauce, okay. the best. Yeah, so that's good. So there's like three different types of sauces. There's that, which is, they say is more South Carolina, but that's one of my favorite. It's like the mustard base. I love that. Yeah, um, so the good. North, then the two in North Carolina, like the argument is like the Western versus the Eastern. And one's like vinegar based. And then um, one is like tomato-y based. Um, yeah, you need to come get like real North Carolina. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, why don't you tell us a, give us a story, a good story of anything you can, either from your um, in-game hosting days where either something funny happened or any interactions with the players that you can talk about that are either heartfelt or um, do they play pranks on you? I mean, any and all that's within this realm of safe uh, divulgence. I'm trying to think. I so it's hard because like I haven't really like when I was in game host, I would I would go into the locker room and I would do interviews and stuff, but I wasn't as close with any of them because it, they were more with like the broadcast team all the time. Um, and so this season, it's been like everything over Zoom. It is funny though. The other day, I was um, I was like randomly out because we have like zero access to the locker room this year. Um, but I was out like getting lunch at some place, and I saw two of our players like 
two of our younger, it was two of the younger guys too, like sitting at a table. And I walked over and I had my mask on. I'm like, Hey guys. And they like stared at me for a second. And I like pulled my mask down. They were like, Oh, Hey, I'm like, yeah, I've never met you two in person, but I like talk to you all the time. They were like, yeah, we see you on TV and that's it. I'm like, that's how it works these days. Um, so that was like my only like interaction with like any of the players in person this year, which was it, which is crazy. Um, but the in-game, like in-game hosting, I have lots of stories as far as like, just like things going wrong, technical difficulties, getting booed by 18,000 fans. Like, <gasps> what? No. Yes. Why were you booed? Well, I, people still make fun of me for it, but it oh, was well, more, it, we, it was more, what? We don't have to talk about it if you don't Oh, no, it's so. not. No, okay. it's funny because we <laughs> talk about it all the time. It was more of like, you know how you say when people like, people laugh at you, they laugh with, like they laugh with you. It was more of like people laughing with me. Like now it's people <laughs> laughing with me. So we did this like, and the thing about in-game hosting is like, we are like the bottom, like, tier when it comes to prioritization for like anything and so like mics would go out like we would try to get interviews with players and like you know we're passed up for other people and like um you know anything could go wrong at any second so you always had to be like ready on your toes and then of course you like have the fans around you which are uncontrollable so like you know somebody could toss a beer at you and you'd be like like <laughs> no stopping it i never got a drink i never got anything thrown at me good. so that's good nothing got too crazy everyone's really respectful um n nobody ever really except for when they all booed you at the same time so so really i think so what happened was <laughs> we had this like uh game or it was like oh no it was opening night that was the that was the funniest part too is i got booed on opening night so of course <laughs> it was a packed crowd so we had we pulled out like all the stops for opening night and somebody had the brilliant idea that we were going to do this prize game situation, you know, the light up wristbands. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like everyone had the light up wristbands and we had this giant like safe. Okay. And there was a bunch of like prizes in the safe. It was like, um, you know, tickets to a game, like a flight with the team. Like it was whatever, all sorts of cool stuff. So the safe had like, it was like a digital like keypad. So first of all, they're trying to explain all this to me. And I'm like, there is too much technical stuff involved in this game. Something is going to go wrong because what happened was the safe was like programmed to match the wristbands that like the light up wristbands. So they did this thing where like they turned on the wristbands and then they like blinked them and then like they landed on a row. And so like five people's wristbands lit up and then those five people came down and then they took off their wristbands and they had a keypad number in the wristband and so they would like each come up to me and they would type like i would type in their keypad number in the safe and whoever's like open like turned green and allowed the safe to open like they won all the prizes so we practiced this probably like 10 times oh god before like the show so i have like my contestants coming up and they're all typing it and everyone's really into this game because it's like such a big prize and everyone's wristbands were lighting up and there's a lot of the games that we used to do like people would just like go get their beers during it, right? Like they weren't really paying attention. <laughs> oh, no, everyone was paying attention. So I like type in the first number and I know which one the winning number is. Like I knew who had it. So they type in the first one, doesn't go, keeps going. Second guy comes up. I think there were three, there was three people. So the second guy comes up, the second guy had the number. Types like gives me the number and I type it in 
and something like either I double hit a number or something happened and it blinked red. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh crap. Like and my producer's in my ear, like, okay, just keep it going. Cause he knew too. He was like, you just messed something up. And so the, like the guy moved and then the third person comes, types it in and nothing happened. So that's when everyone starts booing because nobody wins. So they're all like, boo, like who won? And I'm like, okay, hold on everyone. Like, let's bring the second guy back. Like, obviously knowing that I knew what was going on. And so like, then I like typed in the number and like it actually lit up. And like, instead of everyone cheering for him, they just booed even louder. They were like, boo, like that was stupid. Like what a game. And I'm like, oh my God. So the safe like sits in the top floor of the arena still, like it's still up there. And people will like take pictures of it and post it on Twitter, like send it to me and be like, the safe is coming back to haunt you, Abby. Like to this, this was like two years ago, like to this day. And I'm always like, I will never forget the time I was booed by 18,000 people. Technically, I just, I just like to think they were booing the game, not me. Like I didn't do anything wrong, right? Like True. I just like no. bad number and wrong. <laughs> that so, whole thing just sounds way too complicated. It like, yeah, it was so. already set up for failure. Oh yeah. Um, but at least it was that, and it wasn't like I called Rod Brindamore the wrong name, you know, and they booed <laughs> me for that. Like, it could have been. That would be bad. It would have been, been a lot be worse. <laughs> I think um, I used to work in, in news as a producer, and at my first news job, I'm pretty sure I accidentally killed somebody on air. Like, I thought they had died, but they were still alive, and I had written the script like so-and-so, like, was dead, and we got, oh like, got off the air, and the anchor was like, where did you see that because i think they're like still alive and i was like what oh, and i like thank god you know like only five people in baton rouge were watching so it was fine but i never did that again <laughs> yeah right no those are the moments i def i've gotten somebody i actually got somebody's name wrong when i was doing i was in game hosting for a soccer like i was just doing a one-off project and i was doing a soccer tournament and i was handing out the awards at the end and somebody told me the either they told me the wrong like name or I heard wrong. And I totally came out and said, and the MVP goes to <laughs> and the person was like, that's not my name. And I'm like, oh my God. So it's like, just when you think like you had like something bad's happened to you, like there's definitely worse stories out there. So that, you know, we're all in this together, right? Oh yeah, we are. And na names are hard too. I've botched so many names on this podcast and I'm like, this is I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I could. Yeah, we definitely struggle with um, famous like sayings, you know, like sliced bread and stuff like that. We butcher that all the time. I'm so, yeah, you know, when you just own it, that's it, you know, and if we call each other on it and just own it, then who cares? Yeah. You know, I think I said recently on air, like uh, pumping the brakes instead of pumping your tires. I said, oh yeah, pump your, like, you know, the saying like, oh yeah, I'm pumping his brakes. And Shane looked at me it's like, Abby, it's pump the tires. I'm like, oh God. Pump the brakes is a saying, but you used it in the wrong the context. Wrong <laughs> the wrong way. The wrong way. Welcome to the house, girl. Welcome. You're in good company because yeah. we do that all the time. Yeah. So do you have a favorite hockey moment now that you've been in this world for quite a while? I think, um, I think when the hurricanes, you know, it's interesting because like when the hurricanes clinched the playoff berth for the first time in a decade, um, well, I was at that game and like that was that was a really cool moment because I was there 
Um, and it was like that going back to what you're talking about with the fans, like that's the moment when I knew like, wow, this is what like these people have been through and they waited for like people were in tears around me, like hugging each other. And so, um, you know, that, and, and I was kind of like, I was reading the out of town scoreboard, which was cool. Like we're in second intermission and I'm like, all right guys. Like, cause it was like, if Montreal lost or something, I can't remember specifically, but so that was definitely, that's it. I would say like, that's like top three, um, the game seven in Washington. Like I wasn't there when we, when we beat them. Cause we were, that was the same year. We were the underdogs. Um, you know, they were the cup champ, the reigning cup champs. Since I wasn't there, I think that probably falls to number two, but we were at a, like the Canes had hosted a watch party. And so I was still, you know, around a bunch of Canes fans. We were watching on a big screen and, you know, same thing, everyone's hugging and crying. And uh, it was an overtime game. So that's, that made it even more crazy. So I would say like, those are the top two, um, probably top two hockey moments. I'm trying to think of, um, Oh, here's one more thing. Do you were you at all or in the loop on or clued into or part of any of the um, post game in home win like bowling things and like rowing um, the ju- the Justin? Oh wait, storm surge. The storm oh, surge. Oh yeah, yeah, the storm surge. Yeah. I'm, wait, I'm where like, are you talking? Yeah. So, <laughs> thank no, you. I couldn't get it. Those are really cool. Yeah, I was never like a part of them, but it was cool to kind of know. So like, so, okay, so this is kind of a cool story because like you're asking about some of the the things that, you know, whatever. So, um, so yeah, so like as a part of the in-game entertainment team, we would know like in our production meeting before the game, um, the, we would know what the storm surge was going to be that night before they would win. And so it was really cool because like, we were the only people that knew it was like our group, like we would meet for a production meeting at 4.30 and it was like me, our PA guy, and then like all the camera guys. Um, and like, that's pretty much it. Like maybe a couple other people, the the DJ. And so it was a group of like 15 of us in a room and the players would sit around at breakfast and they would decide like what they wanted to do for the storm surge. And so if they needed any sort of props or like lighting or like, whatever like I think there was a time when they wanted to roll out they roll out the basketball hoop so like our in our production meeting they're like all right storm surge tonight the guys want to you know dunk on the basketball hoop or whatever but with that being said we have a basketball hoop and we have to roll it out so like it was our job as the in-game entertainment crew to kind of make sure everything was set and ready to go for them to roll out the basketball hoop and we had to like help make the storm surge a success because of all the lighting and everything. And like, I wasn't doing all the technical stuff, but it was cool to kind of be a part of the meeting and like understanding what all was going to happen and like all, you know, whatever, because when you come to the game, you're just kind of seeing it. But there was a lot that, that we put into those surges. Like the guys continue to come up with like crazier ideas. And that's when like, we got more involved because like they needed all of the, the props and everything. And so that was pretty cool. That is awesome. Well, I think we should uh, hit you with our final four questions. Oh, okay. All right. So we ask all of our guests these final four questions. Uh, So number one is who's your favorite hockey hunk? Ooh, maybe Henrik Lundqvist. And have you seen the picture of him like getting out of his car? There's like a picture from like last year of him like getting, or a video of him like getting out of his car and like, yeah. Like he walks in slow-mo his entire life. like what, 40 something (laughs) years old? I'm like... How do you look like that? 
Jeans. Yeah, I know. Who's yep. your favorite hockey lady? I'm going to go with my girl out in LA, Carlin B. Yes. Yeah, she's my girl. So she's my favorite hockey lady. She's like been my rock um like before i even got promoted into this role so and she was she gets all the end game hosting stuff too because she was there so at one point so yeah yeah we've had her on she's a friend of the pod friend of the pod we love her she's hilarious too definitely hilarious um i'll do the next question and then breezy you do the last one do you have a sydney crosby story oh um no, but our analyst is like best friends with Sidney Crosby. Not best friends, but they're really close. So he's had him on his. I'm trying to think. I've listened to a couple like Sydney podcasts. Like I listened to the Spit and Chicklets one mm-hmm. with him, which was good, but that was a while ago. So I can't even remember. Don't yeah, worry. I don't really have one. That's okay. That's fine. That's all good. Do you have. <laughs> This is an odd one. Do you have either a paranormal or an extraterrestrial story? Yeah. Oh, let's go. Okay, so I'm trying. I'm, th- I'm trying to think. I'm trying to like really channel my memory here because I went to Charleston and I did like one of the ghost tours or whatever, like in Charleston, and uh-huh. I took a picture. Like I-, I took a picture that night. Like buy something and I remember looking back at the picture thinking like there's something in that picture um and I can't remember like all the specifics of it but I definitely I love that sort of stuff like last night I we actually just moved into this new place and it's bigger than our old place and I'm the only one here right now because my boyfriend's gone and our roommate hasn't moved in yet and so like I turned up the air conditioning last night and like, I guess the draft like slammed a door and I'm literally like, like this was literally last night. Oh, I'm, no. and I'm like laying in bed, like, <gasps> like what happened? I'm like, this place is too big for just me right now. <laughs> oh, but I get geez. so into that stuff. I love like watching like paranormal activity and like those movies. God, I wish I had like I, a good one. I thought that there was a few months back, there were like these weird lights over the ocean. I want to say in, off some beach, North Carolina, I don't remember where. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I remember that too. There was like a vi- it was like a viral video going around of it. Yeah, and people I think were on a boat, and there's like these lights that just kept like popping up. I'm like really obsessed with like uh, extraterrestrial, like UFOs, not necessarily aliens, because like yeah. you don't know. But like, I I was just telling Rachel the other day. I well, I sent her a video because my brother sent me a video from it. He works like on the other side of like the mountain from us. Yeah. And there's a string of lights. People are talking about it everywhere right now. There's a string of lights that he saw. And apparently they're satellites, but there's like 50 lights perfectly lined up and they move together. Okay. That's weird. Tell everybody where they can follow you and keep up with you on Twitter and Instagram and when they can watch you on, on games and, and all that. So we, um, I am on Twitter at Abby Labar underscore. Because there's another Abby Labar out there. Um, and then Instagram's just at Abby Labar, A B B Y L A B A R. And then, um, yeah, so we are going to broadcast the first round of the playoffs, which is good, like our full uh, broadcast. And then, you know, I think once national games happen, we'll probably still do some stuff, but we don't have anything official yet. Um, but for now, if you're in North Carolina, you can watch us on Valley Sports South. So this, uh, 
matchup between the Preds and the Canes is going to be very exciting. I'm pumped about it. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.